It's basketball time at the Q. We're in a great spot. Um, you know, we we've played a lot of games. You know, you look at our upcoming schedule. You know, we've got, you know, besides I think that first back-to-back, most of our games, you know, we have plenty of time in between uh, so we can be fresh for games. You know, uh, our march is really spread out. I think our guys are figuring out exactly who we need to be uh, to be successful. And, you know, I think we're in a great place. job episode two season two episode eight yeah i got i got all-star break brain jig like i'm I yeah got, i'm already on the slopes of salt lake city right now even though half the league won't show up for this uh this beautiful winter wonderland all-star game Who? so who's in who's out i mean obviously we know that Lori is in he didn't have a does choice. Does that mean does that mean it was a bad trade if all the guys that we traded to <laughs> Trader Danny uh are good and our guy's still a superstar? What are you what are you what is your position on that type of thing? So on the we don't want to get turned off by the RCF faithful. If we had a podcast back when Kyrie got traded and oh, we Jesus. spent the entire season of the podcast talking about should we take the eighth pick? Or should we have forced Kyrie? They would have turned us off like every episode when we broached this. But since this is the new Kyrie for number eight trade, because uh, yeah. right now somewhere um, Randolph just like kicked kicked the cat, and uh, some of the other guys, human Q-tip, you know, just flipped over a desk because you just asked me that question. Oh, people love this topic. Absolutely, though. I happen to be one of the guys who. My initial reaction to it was so far to the other side where I was like, oh, this is some crap. We just like I literally felt like we probably just barely upgraded Sexton. As soon as I saw. Oh, okay. Yeah. As soon as I saw Mitchell on the court, I was like, holy no, this guy is. Yes. He's not generational, but he is literally a top 10 player in the league. So he'd have been generational if it would have been 15 years ago. I, th- I think so. Like he's man, like this dude is like literally he's like Dwayne Wade with a jump shot. And we've talked about yes, it a exactly. lot. Yes. It's exactly um, who he is now. He's literally De- Dwayne Wade with a jump shot. So he tell you, yeah. Um, you don't get those guys. You don't, and you damn sure don't get those guys b- right before they hit their prime. So yeah, no, I do that trade every day. I miss, I'll I miss, do that trade every day. I miss Lord. Don't get 
Lowry. I, I miss not being able to say his name right. I, I miss. What him. is it? What is it? It's Lowry. It's Lowry. Lowry, isn't it? Lowry. I, I have no I idea. Who cares? Who gives a shit? Yeah. So, is that is that your is that your uh, yeah anything I, else? I'm gonna roll with that. Um, That's it. I'm. I'm a happy Cav fan right now, and it's not because we've won seven, eight in a row. I'm a happy Cav fan because some of the moves that Kobe continues to make around the edges and stuff, I, I'm happy. So that trade, I I give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm okay That's with true. it. I'm good. Lori's Lori, he's an All Star starter this year, but I'm happy with the upgrade of Donovan Mitchell, even though we gave up all these draft picks and Colin and Agbaji and whatever. I'm happy. I'm going to give my thoughts. Okay. When you trade, when you complete a trade with Danny Ainge, you know, you have to know going in. Yep. Have to. That you are going to, you might as well not watch the box scores (laughs) and just hope that whoever the player is that you got turns out to be a stud. Yep. Yep. Because if the player that you got turns out to be a superstar, then it's a win. It doesn't matter what happens on the other end. And it does. It's it's like this. It's like this. Break up with your girlfriend, right? Get a new girlfriend. She turns into a wife. Great wife. You won. <laughs> if your ex girlfriend goes, turns into an amazing wife for somebody else, or playmate of the year. In, right. Like. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like playmate. Like playmate of the year, like superstar, like you know, uh, art, you know, artist of the year, and all this other kind of shit. That's that's her life, right? right? That's not your life anymore. Your life is great, with the way it is. I um, the problem is okay. Danny Ainge seems to be playing on this weird level where he knows the future, okay, and you don't. I don't know what it is, but the man is the supreme evaluator of talent and it's like not only that but he seems to squeeze in addition to getting great talent out of guys he also squeezes draft picks out of them okay so the man is a great trader but um in addition to that he has also made moves such as the isaiah thomas for Kyrie to trade where he just absolutely screwed the Cavs took, took, with took that player. Yeah. That said, he <clears throat> okay. also got screwed on that one because Ky- he, he lost Kyrie. But we've already talked yeah. about Kyrie being the weird uncle crazy jet guy. We're not even going to go down that road. So <laughs> I'm going to finalize this by saying the Cavs have a future Hall of Famer who put up 71 points. He's already number three on their list of 40-plus games. Crazy. One of my favorite players I've ever watched play basketball. I did not anticipate that happening right. when I watched him come out onto the court, but it was probably like three games in when I started watching this guy play. When I was like, "Dude, this guy is a fantastic basketball player." That damn beast is what he is. He's a he's a beast. He's a he's got the attitude that I like to see in a guy. Dude, right. he's just he's aggressive. He's assertive. He's like everything you want in a leader on the basketball floor. I just love it. I love watching the guy play. And so, bottom line is. As long as you're willing to f- not watch the guys that are on the Jazz anymore, it's. Wait, so let me. So I, I got two things. The first yeah. thing is going to be 
comforting for anybody who still has any questions about that. Go on. Go and either Google or just look up uh, the, the head coach. I think his name is Handy of Utah talking to Colin Sexton. This guy is stressing them the hell out. The same way he was stressing me out, he's stressing them out. So, like, it's not like, oh, my God, like, we, they, along with this trade, they gave $70 million or whatever it was over four years to this kid who does not know how to play basketball in a team setting. Like if this was, are we talking about Sexton right now? Yes. So there, there's, there's all kinds of elements to it. The draft picks and all that stuff. Yes. But here's the second part. And this gets us back on track to being the rubber rim job that we are. Okay. To play with that analogy that you just said. So during my time in Kent, which one I probably threw like three in there, the, the, the wife who went on to be, okay. Got it. Yeah. So during my time in Kent at CDX five, and shout out to a couple of guys who are on the board, who I recruited to the board. My, my good friend, Dave Hill, his name is uh, The Hill on, on, on uh, RCF. Okay. Shout out to those guys who know what I'm talking about. If you were out at Kent, University of Kent, uh, 2000 to, through 2005, 2006, whatever, there was a future Playboy Playmate of the year who was on campus just walking around, you know, picking out wedgies, just, you know, like whatever, just stumping <laughs> campus and stuff. Probably, you know, some of the guys out there, they, you know, were like, she's okay. You know, she's a solid eight, nine maybe, but, you know, I'm tired. All guys get tired of, of something at some point in time. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So they, they thought, you know, I'm, you know, her name is Carmela De Caesar. And they're like, oh my God, we had, we, okay, yeah, we had one of the very, we had a playmate as well at my school that had okay. a very similar name. That's right. funny. So Carmelo yeah. Caesar is just walking, walking around campus, just, you know, being a 10. But yeah. some guys were like, this is only a 7 8. Dropped her, fumbled her, you know, okay. turnover, right. whatever. Right, right. Um, Jeff Garcia gets traded to the Browns. Oh, that's, so it was the Carmela that Jeff Garcia was. With. Yeah. He immediately is like, holy shit. Like, I, you know, I came from the Bay and this wasn't in the Bay scoops her up lifelong. Like she's, she's his wife today. Oh, he's still with her. Yeah. So like, they, I remember he was with a Carmela. I was wondering yeah. if that's the one he was with. If he got traded to the Browns in 06 or 07, he married her yeah. like the next yeah. year. She was hot. Yeah. And so, um, she, she single-handedly brought, gave life to brunettes for me. Like, it, you know, like yeah. when I was growing up, like Winnie Cooper on, um, Winnie uh, Cooper, man. Wonder Years. Hell yeah. Yeah. And uh, Kelly Kapowski on Saved oh. by the Bell. And then the next one after that for me is, is Carmela Caesar. So she, I mean, she was dropped and fumbled by a couple of these dudes who were like, whatever. And then you see Garcia scoop her up and you see her within a year or so become this playboy playmate of the year. Like, right. you know, Pam Anderson, all this kind of stuff. And you're like, what the hell? Like, how how would you feel right now if you fumbled that and you traded that away? You know what? You know what, though? That's an cl- interesting claim to fame, though, right? Like, like you're walking around and, like, you're yeah. like, how is – I don't know how that is, though, because, like, this, I guess you get to tell people that your ex is kinda, a playmate. Kind of, because like, this is pre-Facebook. Brown's quarterback's wife. This is pre-Facebook time, right? So, like, right. we didn't really keep the proof like that back then. And, and oh, right, so you can't. So, so you're now you're just this guy like that's at a party like claiming it, and then you walk out of the room and everybody's like just going like, like you can't, nobody can see me doing this. But it's like no, like no. Especially especially since what you traded away, it's like okay, yeah, sure. You traded away that that became 
not only an all-star starter, but a perennial MVP candidate wife. Right. And you got right. this, you know, journeyman now. Like, yeah. like you're... yeah, and who knows what you look like at this point, right? Like, you're walking into the party, like, really filling up, like, an extra large, like, pinstripe shirt and just, like, really, bare, bare, like, barely getting into, yeah. like, a pair of, like, dockers or something like that, weird so, pair of shoes. For my, for my money, if we came out of that trade with the Carmelo de Caesar, which it very much appears that we did, I can't say we took no the doubt. You know, okay, like we, fair enough. We came out with the playmate of the year. It doesn't matter. I agree. What, I, I agree. Better, better. Yeah, yep. So better. All right. So keeping hey, in can line. We take, can I stop yeah. you for a second? Okay. okay, okay. Kelly Kapowski, Winnie Cooper was like you. You went up the ladder right there because like Winnie Cooper was like the like the first where I remember seeing, and I was like, wow, that's like a really cute girl. Yeah. But then. Kelly Kapowski, I remember seeing and just being like, I would have been probably 11 or something like that. Like so I was, was I mean, coming. Yeah, there weren't enough hormones in the food back yeah. then for yeah. me to be like full on pubed out quite yet. <clears throat> right. But I remember like looking at her and being like, whoa, like, wow, like yeah. something's going on around yeah. here. I was yeah. like, Zach and AC Slater are absolutely ridiculous. Like, they're stupid. What? Like, there's nothing else that's walking around Bayside High that could even touch that. That's not what even I remember close. Like Jesse looks like a giraffe. Yep. Like Lisa Turtle is a total maniac, and she is in she, real life. She was crazy. Like you knew that she was like a shopaholic and stuff on the show. Like she was so materialistic. Kelly was was it? Like unbelievable. You don't fumble, we, Kelly Kapowski. Let me. Kelly oh, Kapowski will always be the Kelly Kapowski. the one. She's like my awakening as a child. I don't even want to see her nowadays because I know Tiffany Amber Thiessen. She's very pretty. Okay. Very pretty. All right. Um, but she she looks like she's you know in her forties. Not that's like a terrible thing. She just looks like she's in her forties. You could definitely tell. Um, Topanga off of Boy Meets Boy Meets World. Yep. I used to love me some Topanga. I don't even know what Topanga. I don't even know her name was. Um, okay. Well, we covered it. All right. Yeah, we have we have officially <laughs> and sufficiently. So really quickly before we switch over to hoops now, I gotta I gotta do this real quick. So all right, you know you know my love for Nas, and um, fa- you know favorite rapper of all time. So Juice yep. is loose on the board. Shout out to Juice. He pops up in the rubber rim job thread, and he's like, "What's you know? Give me your top three to five Nas song." And I'm I, you know top of my head, I know this already because I had this discussion with people. Um. This episode led off with Nas, Nas is Like, which was produced by DJ Premier. And I, let me say this to the people out there that are like, yeah, but Nas, sometimes his beats ain't. Th- this is where this actually comes into play, right? So like all, all of my top Nas songs are songs where he is working with a producer that it everything falls into place, you know? Like songs with DJ Premier, um, like the songs off of... Illmatic. Every album he does a song with mm. DJ Premier, and he's mm. him, him and Premier are like they don't they probably don't even have to talk to each other whenever they get in the studio. Well, my number one Nas song of all time is a very similar story. The producer, his name was uh, Stretch, and there's there's a long story that goes with this, but I'll try to condense it. Stretch is nicknamed Stretch because he's six eight, tall tall dude, and he actually came up with. Um, Pac, well, Tupac, like he was doing beats and stuff in Brooklyn, but then when Pac broke free from uh, Digital Underground, uh, he made a couple tracks with Stretch, and they became like really good friends. 
My favorite Tupac song of all time is produced by Stretch. It's called Pain off of the Above the Rim soundtrack. That's my joint. But around that time is when Tupac got shot outside of um, the studio and he felt like he was set up. The only person he was with outside the studio was Stretch. He was 6'8", and he wasn't touched by these dudes. And so they start, him and Pac fell out over that. They started beefing. And so Stretch is like, you know what? I'm gonna just work with people over here on the East Coast. He gives this beat to Nas, which becomes one of the singles off of uh, It Was Written, his second album. Okay. It's called Take It In Blood. So my number one Nas song of all time, and you gotta you gotta listen to it to to know why. But it's like after Illmatic, this was a track on it was written that was like this is what this dude is capable of. He like he seamlessly got in the pocket on this track, and it was just like this is crazy. Like I, I didn't know a rapper was capable of writing a track the way he did mm-hmm. with all the uh, stories and so everything that he brought to it. It was so layered. I probably listened to this track about. 20 times when I first heard it and it, it just jumped off the off the speaker at me. And you remember when we were in school and you used to have a notebook where you write down lyrics and all that kind of stuff and you Yeah, like, absolutely. Show your show your boys that how was hard. You, yeah, yeah. You wanted that, to memorize it, right? That track right there, it came out ninety five or so. Just wanted to memorize that shit. I, I wanted to memorize it, but it, I also wanted to impress everybody. Cause on the bus when we used to go to our games for middle school, we used to like make make music on on the bus, you know, like everybody on the window, we beat and whatever yep. like that. And so somebody had to rap like eventually. And it usually became whoever was best at memorizing this type of stuff. So I, yep. you know, that's my job. That's what I do. So it's funny. Nas taken in blood is my favorite Nas song of all time. Check it out. Juice. Um, the reason why I brought that up and played that into this conversation is we talked just a second ago about Donovan Mitchell, but the guy who is the MVP for me for the Cavs for the last eight or nine game winning streak without a doubt is no other than our savior, our basketball savior, Ricardo Rubio. Ricardo Rubio. There's something about Ricky Rubio that makes everything fall in sync, man. Like it was those first couple of games when he came back, it was like, all right, give him a chance. But literally it seems like he's like a whisperer. Like he, he makes Garland play the game the right way. All of a sudden Garland is back to playing it the way we loved him playing it last year. He he like gets Donovan to play it so he's not selfishly hunting just for buckets and all of a sudden Allen is catching shit again when he rolls to the rim. Mobley had a breakthrough like as soon as Ricky Rubio stepped foot on the court. What is this? Like there's something divine about Ricky Rubio coming back and it's it's definitely bearing fruit over this eight game winning streak here. He has a calming presence that only so many as athletes in general have, yep. he, he doesn't need to be scoring points necessarily to have that influence on guys. If he was scoring 30 points a game, obviously it'd be a different story. But if you look at his box scores, that those don't necessarily tell the stories, right. the story. It's that <clears throat> it's the fact that he comes out on the floor. He slows the ball down coming up the court when he needs to. He speeds the pace up when he needs to. Yep. You can see that guys feel comfortable your 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 analogy is well taken because he he knows what guys need when they need it he throws that bomb down the court and puts it right in jetty's hand he yep. puts it right in mobley's hand he sees that hockey assist coming um where 
other players <clears throat> can't do it. Um, there's only so many guys in the NBA that can do that. Um, it is an innate ability combined with veteranship, you know, combined with intelligence. Um, and he has just enough athleticism to keep it going into his thirties. You know what I mean? He's obviously not a premier athlete, but he's got enough just, just to keep it moving up the court. Um, and I mean, to me, it's about the outlet passes. I mean, dude, nothing gets me going like an outlet pass with a sweet finish. Right. right, right. right? Oh man. I, it gets and you know what, going. you know what, there was an out, I can't remember which game it was but <clears throat> there was this outlet pass that was thrown down court and who caught it somebody caught it at the free throw line and i thought that rubio passed it because it was so perfect right it was actually a coro really and so yes it was and so here's the thing to your point when you get a guy like that on the floor that's making plays like that like right. rubio does everybody starts playing like that it becomes infectious man it is. It's super infectious because guys see that that's the way to play and they start becoming comfortable with that. It's the same. It's the same reason why I loved LeBron, man. I love LeBron. I love the way they play. But it's like when you get a guy out there that's just pumping the ball and pumping the ball out at, at, the, at the at half court, everybody else starts playing a certain way. They stand and around that way and is, watch frozen up standing around and watching get the ball it's this it's why when guys would come out to cleveland they would they would shoot career lows because they just stand around and watch they'd be all frozen up they'd be nervous they'd take their shots and then they <clears throat> they'd miss them because they either weren't ready for him or they were just nervous because he'd make them nervous oh. whole different way of playing when you got a rubio out on the court yeah. that's why you're seeing guys play the best that they've ever played when he's out there i'm super happy with him being out there he too. make he makes coaching look better like there's like he's like a ultimate crutch and i i, I truly feel like we can't understate that coach's like, dream last year when that new orleans when he got when he went down in that new orleans game i had a pit in my stomach because i was like i know for a fact the bottom's gonna fall out it was Everybody. like it yep. like we talked about it but i was like uh, like we got That's enough it. of a cushion where we might limp into the playoffs. Nope. Which we didn't, but it was like, there was something whole season that, fell apart. The whole season fell apart and the worst parts of, of JBB and everything like that, like came to fruition. Now that he's back, like I'm like, you know, right before this episode right here, we recorded the, uh, uh, all falls down. It was right when Donovan Mitchell had that end of game against the Knicks yep. and stuff. And, we were, it was maybe Rubio's second or third game back, but we had just came mm -hmm. off a tough loss to the Grizzlies mm -hmm. and an upset loss to like the Kings or the Spurs, whatever. And it was just like, oh, it was like, man, this is really frustrating. Yep. In the last, it feels like in the last eight games, JBB has pressed every right button, but you he has, yeah. You want to give him some credit, you know, like, you know, a Coral's development and some of this stuff. But ultimately, I'm, I'm telling you, there's a crutch that Rubio is. That as soon as he gets on the floor, what you said, he knows how to read pace and space and, you know, like read players like, oh, I got to get J.A. the ball so he'll play harder for me on the next end. It's just something that coaching just can't do that you see on the floor. It just it makes everybody's game easier. So uh, I, we got to We've got to, you know, um, answer juice with the Nas thing, but also 
if anybody's a fan of Nas and you're like, man, why does he sound so great on this record, that record? But then, like, you'll have some shitty records. But then all of a sudden, you know, he comes back with uh, Hit Boy, the current producer that he's done these last three albums with. And you're just like, he's great again. Like, what is this? It looks like man. It's it's the the Cavs. It's Rubio is that producer that gets everybody the right guys. Everybody's bringing their best verses again. So I want to talk about a certain player. All right. Dylan Wendler. No, I'm just kidding. I want to talk about Evan Mobley. So to your 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 point is we're we're in we're we're locked up on that. Evan Mobley is still having games every once in a while where he's putting up 15 points or whatever. I want to look past those games, and I want to talk about the fact that he had a 39-point game a while back. Uh, I think it was against Milwaukee. No, I know it was against Milwaukee because it was against (laughs) Brooke Lopez. Lopez. He dominated Brooke Lopez. So he was getting Brooke Lopez deep into the paint. Right. He was throwing up hooks. He was getting dunks. He was making his free throws. And he was playing assertive superstar assertive basketball against one of the best defenders in the league. And he was acting like himself, which is basically like monotone, low key. I'm going to say it. Tim Duncan style, dude, (laughs) not saying he's Tim Duncan. I'm just saying he was being himself and he was playing within himself the whole game. Okay. Evan Mobley is breaking out of his shell. We we can at this point in time we can officially say that. Even with the fifteen point games, I don't think those are I don't think those will ever leave his his repertoire. Like I think right. there'll be some games where he's like, I see that they're trying to do this to me, so I'm just gonna get everybody else. And he'll have exactly. that fifteen point game, he'll have five or six assists. And you're exactly. like, wait, this guy shouldn't be doing this. Um but you know he's capable and it's not just that he's capable, if the game dictates he will get a 30 piece now like exactly you you know he's capable now so exactly he's getting these stretches now instead of doing a series of eight to 12 point games and maxing out at 17 it's more like we got these baselines of 15 point games and getting more 20 point games the reason for that is because he's got these guards garland's garland's getting more of him with those alley-oops, he's getting more of those pocket passes. And now Mobley is getting more comfortable getting down deeper in the paint, right. and he's taking those fadeaway shots. And he'll even get a couple baseline shots. But what he's doing is he's being much more decisive, yep. and he's taking his own shots instead of doing that bullshit that he was doing for a while, which was trying to get to the hoop and doing eight pump fakes or whatever the case may be, and give or and or giving up the ball unnecessarily. He's being decisive. He's getting the he's getting the ball to the rack, and he's picking his his shots. Right, he's being right, the Evan right. Mobley that we that we all saw and knew. We all knew he was going to be this guy. Now, this to me is level two for Evan Mobley. Yeah, that's what's. I'm scary no, I'm about no this. basketball expert. Right, right. Yeah, right. I'm no basketball expert. I mean, like when I say to me, I'm just saying to me, to me, and everybody else. However, however many more levels that they're going to be, I don't know, man. But Hall of Famers are calling him a Hall of Famer. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. So are there three levels, four levels, five levels? I don't know. But like when you got Giannis saying that he's going to be better than him or whatever, right? I, I'll take I'll take him at his word. I you trust know, when you, you get I like Kurt, 
Yeah, when you get like Kareem coming out there, I believe it was Kareem, like coming out there and saying, yeah, this dude's a future Hall of Famer. Right. I think we got level three, four, five coming. So this dude is coming in from the – now, another thing is he is coming in from the baseline in scoring sometimes. Right. Not my favorite thing in the world, but he's doing it, whereas there was a while where he flat out could not do it. Right. And the reason he's doing that is, once again, he's being assertive, he's being decisive. There's not that weird, like, first step asking a question, can I do this, should I do this? Should I it's do just, this, yeah. Bam, right to the hoop, and I'm loving that. I'm loving it. There's there's a, um, and I'm, I'm not getting too far ahead of us when I say this, but there's a really good test coming up for Mobley. So we've, we've always begrudged the whole Embiid and Jared Allen thing. Like, yes. for some weird reason, he just Jared Allen, like Embiid has this mix of, I think his size, his agility, all that kind of stuff where he's he's owned Allen for the most part. Most not, There's not too many guys. Like, uh, Embiid dominated Jokic a couple of weeks ago. Oh, he's he's um, amazing. So it's not like he's just like um, – but anyway. But there's there's a test coming up for us tonight even where um, we want and need this Twin Tower duo of ours to yes. assert themselves – even if they play Embiid to a draw collectively, um, it's not about, oh, the Cavs have to win this game. It's about, like, don't get bullied out there tonight, you know? like Exactly. Because usually exactly. in matchups against Philly, and we can go back and look at the historical numbers for it, um, these two haven't shown up, like, when Correct. Embiid. And it's, I don't know, it's bully on the playground, whatever you want to call it. So... They shrink. They've shrunk they against shrunk Embiid. In a, against Embiid, yeah. We've had, like, what we just talked about where Mobley had that coming out party against Lopez a couple weeks ago. We could very much use something defining and definitive for the duo of Allen and Mobley tonight I agree. against Philly. Um, that'll, be the, that'll be the thing that's like, because right now already, Jig, it feels different, this, this, like, right now. Our trajectory yes. feels like the opposite trajectory of last season. Now and it so, does. Yeah, there on, was a minute where yeah. it felt the exact same before this right. streak. On our last episode, we were looking at the parallels between our record, you know, where we were, uh, you know, I think it was mid-January or whatever, after the Memphis game, and we were it's like... The same. Yep. But, no, we can now officially say this looks to be on the trajectory of improving, and we, Absolutely. Like, we don't have to whisper home court advantage right now right with 20 20 something games left in the season we can bring it above a whisper even though we're from cleveland and we're like oh we bring it above a whisper like somebody's gonna tear something or something like that like we don't have to i'm knocking on knocking on wood when i say that we can bring it above a whisper now absolutely they they win tonight they're tied for the third seat so and we have actually no, they, they would have the third seed because I believe then they would they would they have the advantage on the Sixers because they have beat them once this year. One of the things that we did not expect, which happened at the trade deadline, is one of the teams that was on a trajectory to be in the top two or three, Brooklyn, totally imploded. Done. They're gone. Yep, they're out. So like they literally were like, let's throw this in the and now um much to who didn't see this coming? Simmons is like they're DMP in him. Like he had 10 and 15 minutes the last couple of games. And now they're like, just go sit over there. We're going to try to trade you. Well, the reality is every, now everybody behind the Cavs right now in the East 
looks significantly more beatable. The Heat are the big worry for me. Right. Yeah. It's everybody you know. in front of the Cavs that do not look beatable to me. But Which was, did you, I don't know if you season. saw this game last night or not, but it totally like blew my mind. It was, it was Boston versus Milwaukee. It actually went to overtime. Boston did not have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. They didn't have like almost their entire, and uh, Robert Williams only played like 10 minutes. So they didn't have their entire starting top three players and their fourth best player only played like 10 minutes. And these dudes went to overtime against Milwaukee's entire team. Like they're tough, man. That's scary. Like that is like at this point in time, they have a machine that's like they're tough, man. We'll add these two all-stars and this def- defensive player of the year back after this game. So Milwaukee and Boston at the top up there. That's scary. Like we like that's super scary. So, um, and I, I'm, you know, I was watching the game because I'm sitting here and nobody else was on. And I'm just like, what in the hell? Like they were, they had guys that were coming off the bench for Boston. That was like four for six on threes. I was like, they, they, yeah. they all know what their role is in this system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm hoping that over the next 20 games, we can cement a rotation, you know, like mm-hmm. now that coach Rubio is back, <laughs> bless you. Now that Coach Rubio is back orchestrating the way he's supposed to, putting down those fire beats, and these dudes are uh, dropping their verses where they're supposed to. Now we got some guys that are being added back to the fray and working their way back. So we got, you know, Wade is back. Still hasn't sorted his way out, but I think at this point in time, Okoro has snatched that three spot, which oh yeah, totally happy with. Um, Absolutely. And it looks like our top two spots off the bench, the uh, uh, Rubio, being one, Levert being the other, those are cemented. So one through seven are cemented. And then we've got Wade. We've got uh, Jetty. Jetty. We've got, you know, there's a, there's a whole thing. There's a whole tool shed now that JBB has at his disposal. I want the rot- I want that top eight or so rotation to be cemented in the next 20 games. So that as we get it's ready be for the playoffs. Type of thing you're gonna have to figure out Wade Jetty or, or both those two kind of like situationally and I guess of. you're gonna get a look at Wendler and see. <laughs> I mean theoretically we're gonna see. Are we gonna finally see some Wendler minutes here? Like I'm. You have to think. I mean they're not gonna put him in there if he's. You know what I mean? Why would they activate him to dance on the bed? We're probably gonna see some Danny Green minutes too. Ah, we totally forgot about this, and we got to make sure we we get this in here. I couldn't be happier about that acquisition, that pickup. Yeah, man. I agree. The dude is never, he hasn't, maybe never, I don't know if it's never or if, if it's a super long time hasn't lost the playoff series. <clears throat> it's not even like he's a good luck charm. It's like the dude actually contributes. He makes a lot of big threes. <laughs> well, the playoff series he lost for sure was last year in Philly. They didn't, they, they didn't make it out of the second round. I think. Oh, that's yeah. Well, that's right. However, yeah. he did have one game. I think he had like 21 points in one of the games against Miami where he was the difference. Like he was, yeah. he was like the fourth starter and he was the floor spacer and he literally contributed. Like he, he was right. the difference. So, um, no, you, I, you, I, I'm going through this whole episode and I totally forgot that my yeah. boy dancing Danny has come home. Dancing Danny green. Yep. So, uh, Nah, I, you just brought a smile to my face. Thanks, man. That just we got Danny Green, man. What what are we talking I, about Nas for? We got dancing Danny in in the building again. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's gonna play much, but 
But so I mean, here's the thing, though. I, so I, I made a, a post on the board where I was like, even if all he does is he's Dante Jones and um, James Jones, you know, that that, you know, come in, break in case of three. emergency vet kind of thing. Right. I'm good with that. Yeah. I, I don't I don't want to see Lamar Stevens on the floor ahead of Danny Green. Like, no. Yeah. Uh, there's something to. So Danny Green is in the Rubio category of veteran and, you know, like adult on the floor kind of thing that you, you know, you just expect him to have a presence with these young guys. You expect him to be able to do as much on the bench and in the locker room as he's able to contribute on the floor. But the only way he's able to do that on the bench and in the locker room is if you make sure he has time on the floor, you know, kind of thing. So uh, I hope... I, I totally scrapped what I just said for the last 10 minutes about just having that seven, eight man rotation, get Dan, get dancing Danny into their regular. I, I think so. I think probably, I don't think the guy's going to get a lot of meaningful minutes. Okay. Okay. I, and I don't think Windler will either for the rest of the season. I think it's probably, they're probably going to fit him in like late in games, but look, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice luxury to have Yeah. to be There's, put that in and then put Lamar in situationally. Here's something that has to be explored because we do have one of the easiest schedules for the end of the year. Um, Is Mitchell fully healthy? Is Garland's thumb fully healthy? Like these guys, we should not go into the playoffs limping. Like they're like, we have back to backs with some of the, you know, terrible teams where we should make a priority, making sure these guys get, you know, rest there. There was a game against like these guys. Yeah. There was a game against like Detroit, or Chicago, like somebody recently where we were like, yeah, just sit down, guys. Like, put on your street clothes. And, you know, Neto carried us as a point guard. And Levert, you know, Well, we forgot to mention Neto. That, that, that's another guy in the rotation. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about this right here. I love Neto, by the way. We're, we're on a different I, trajectory. I love Neto. I could just listen to Neto talk about the restaurants. Like, he's he loves Cleveland's culinary scene. Like, he's he'll, he'll give you a dissertation. Oh, does he? And it's not just the Brazilian cuisine either. Um, if I do my homework before I publish this thing on Friday, I'm, I'm actually going to find some drops where Neto's talking about how underrated the Cleveland food scene is. Like he's like, oh really? Yeah. <laughs> he's you know he's Brazilian, and you know he he's only since he spent that little bit of time in Salt Lake and stuff, he's been very strategic about picking cities where he doesn't have to feel like he's that far away from home really? again. So, you know, he was in D- he was just in D.C., but he's mentioned Cleveland multiple times before he came to Cleveland. And I don't Did know if really? it was, you know, I don't know if it's because Andy was here and Andy showed him the, the places or not. Oh, that would make but, sense. Uh, yeah. No, Neto has a soft spot for Cleveland culinary. And uh, probably in between. Yeah. You know what? The game where Andy was announced as the uh, international ambassador was sometime in between now and our last show. Did you see that where Andy is the Cavs new international ambassador? I think that was the Memphis game. I did not. But did he come out in like corduroys and polka dots? Um, not. No, no. <laughs> he was. If I recall correctly, I think he was just wearing like a regular like because I think he was kind of, the reason I remember this is because he was kind of like dressed like me. He's just wearing like a like a <laughs> like a regular button up shirt and jeans. I think I feel cheap. Um, yeah, yeah. It was just kind of like a no, 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 no. He he. But basically, Andy is now the Cavs. Um, this was Memphis. It was definitely the Memphis game that they won. Okay. Um, he is the Cavs 
um, international ambassador, which I guess just means that he, they're going to send him like overseas, like into other countries. To, I'm down with this. I'm down with this. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, he's a, he's a cool dude, man. I'm down with this. So he's just going to go into other countries, I guess, and just introduce the game to kids and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that makes sense that he would have been recruiting, uh, <clears throat> recruiting, Neto, uh, showing Neto. him the, the Brazilian hotspots. But Neto's right. been fantastic, man. He's been playing that Rubio role with better defense. Yeah, no, he, I, he's not Pangos 2.0. He is, he is. Oh, not at all. No, you know, I love. I, no, no, he plays great defense. He just takes, he sucks the air out of them. There's been, arena. there's been a couple matchups where guys got frustrated with him, almost like a Delhi kind of thing. Like where you saw. Oh yeah, no, he plays just yeah, like Delhi. The people that you saw like him Delhi. hounding and stuff, literally push him or pick up texts and stuff. He plays just yep. like Delhi. That's exactly who he reminds me of. I'm down with that. A Brazilian Delhi. All right. Yep. So we've got a good matchup here, a good test coming up right before the all-star break. Um, and I guess, you know, if we had to pose a question to the guys on the board and we were saying, Hey, you know, show us some love. Actually, before I do that there, we got a call that came in. Let me see what the, it, I don't, let me see what, and let me see what the call actually was before I even prompt it. Cause if it's something crazy, yeah. sometimes we get those calls from our female admirers. It's just not stuff that we can play on. I think could Car- be Carmela. Carmela. Yeah. It could be totally Carmela letting us know that she appreciates the love just now. While you're doing that, I want to point out that the Cavs apparently have, unless I've been fed bad information, cause I'm not, I'm not looking this up like okay. the actual statistics. I believe the Cavs have like the second or third easiest schedule after yes. the break. Yes. Okay. And then I think that the 76ers have like the second hardest. Now, this. things can happen, right? I mean, guys can get hurt. You know, people can play down to their competition, all that kind of stuff. But with the Cavs playing better on the road, significantly better on the road, right? and the um, easier schedule, overtaking them for the third seed, I mean, looks pretty good. And even if they don't, Matching up with anybody behind the Cavs right now, I mean, yeah, doesn't no. look too bad. You just really what you don't want to do, in my opinion, is sink to the spot where you're playing the Sixers in the first round. If or you play Heat. any of the Nets, Knicks, or Hawks in the first round, right. that feels pretty good. So you're looking playing, for that. You're hoping for that three-six matchup where that six is not um, one of you said the. Heat or the Sixers? Yeah, I mean, basically, if the if the any of those teams that I mentioned could end up in like that five range, or the you know what I mean, they could right. end up in that five that five to six range, and that would mean that the Cavs are in the three to four range. Got it. Um, it, I don't see the Cavs dropping down to seven or eight, so they're not going to play the Celtics or Bucks. In the first round, I mean, unless they totally collapse, I, the Cavs are going to have a chance to get out of the first round. Man, they made and the playoffs. We're not. I know I'm talking way. I, ahead. I was about to say we're not jinxing ourselves here. Like I like this. I'm not. A, I'm not a believer in the jinx. <laughs> not a believer. All right, well, on. I can't have any. I I the guy in Western Pennsylvania sitting in my basement talking about the Cavs on my podcast that the Cavs are never going to hear. Can't have any. <laughs> You can't have any on impact on or whether or not these guys show up on a nightly basis. Yeah, I mean, if I was, you know, if I was Donovan Mitchell sitting there talking shit about the uh, Celtics, then I could say, 
we then then we could put a jinx in. How how dumb does uh, John Morant look right now? After saying what he said, like they literally yep. were on a, a losing streak against the West. Yeah, that's what every, happens, man? Everybody was yep. bringing their best all of a sudden. You you don't see. You don't see. It's not any. You don't see many top dogs doing that kind of shit. Yep. Like you you just don't see it. Like. Don't like don't give anybody bullets and board because like don't this, do this, it, man. This is such a long season in their career. Don't give guys any reason to circle you on a calendar. If so, guys are going to say anything historically, if they've done it, right. it's after the season's over. After they've won a championship, then they'll make a comment and it's usually going to be directed towards the media right. or people that have told them that they couldn't do something. It's that's it. Like it's, that that's how they've done it, and it's you know what I mean. Like, it, yeah, he's, like he's he's definitely getting humbled right now. Yeah, you can't you don't do it. Like it's just you don't see guys doing it, man. Let me know. I don't remember doing. Jordan doing it. I remember Kobe doing that. I don't remember Shaq every once in a while to talk some funny smack. Right. Um. LeBron doesn't do it. Tom Brady is a guy that will talk shit or would talk shit, but he would do it after the season was over, and he would generally direct it towards the media. And his his thing was usually just like, hey, you counted us out, not directed towards like a player or right, a team right. generally. You know what I mean? Yeah. You on point tip all the time, Fife. What's that from? Tribe Called Quest. Shit, yes. You on point tip all the time, Fife. Tribe Called Quest. Hey, this is the human Q tip. Got a question for you guys. What do you think is more likely to be a problem for the Cavs in the playoffs? The lack of a true starter at the three or the lack of good backups at the four and five. That's it. Oh, boy, human Q-tip. Hopping on the line, hopping on the hotline. Thank you for that tip. That's a good one, man. So no big depth or not much behind Okoro. No, no, I'm sorry. He actually said a true starter at the five, at the three. So the weird thing about this is, I'm feeling more and more confident and good about a Coro at the three right now. Oh, so, who's, who's our starter? Go ahead. You got it. You got it. I'll um, listen in. So I guess to answer this tip, I, I as weird as this sounds, I, I've got to go four or five, ro- like big rotation. When the season started, these two problems kind of flip-flopped. When the season started, Kevin Love was playing out of his, out of his mind. And for all intents and purposes, we hope – that he's healing up and getting mind right, body right, all that stuff to play just like he did at the beginning of the season come playoff time because he's my hope for fixing the four or five thing. But on the starting three, I'm confident right now with, with Isaac Okoro. Like right now I'm okay. And not only am I confident with Okoro, but we just listed off three or four guys that all – are specialists at certain things who can give us spot minutes, you know, like you do have spot minutes. You can get from Levert. You do have spot minutes. You can get from Danny green. You do have spot minutes. You can get from uh, Dean Wade. Jetty will have a game where he swings it in our direction. I'm confident in the three right now. Like I'm, I'm okay. Like uh, for all the talk that we've done about a coral, not, grasping that 3d role he's doing it right now um and and like i haven't 
over the course of these last seven, eight games, we haven't started a game, and I've been like, is a coral going to turn back into a pumpkin this game? I've been confident that a coral, a light switch has flipped for him that we don't have to worry about being switched yeah, off. And yeah, I'm good with yeah, him. At, yeah. Right now he's literally playing like Bruce Bowen or, you know, like Tony Allen with a jump shot is what we wanted him to do. And he's doing it. So give me, sign me up for the four or five, sign me up for the ladder in that, in that question. If you isolate Isaac Okoro himself into a basketball game, I feel like I'm watching like the 2003 Browns, I think it would have been, where I'm enjoying what's happening right now. Okay. But I'm waiting for something to happen, like kind of on edge. Like I, I'm like, it can't, it can't be. You talking about the, like, the Derek Anderson, Kellen Winslow, Braylon Edwards Browns? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, that was 2007. I'm thinking of like the Willie Green. Oh um, yeah, okay. Kelly Holcomb. Like that, that right, right, where they were like good, but like not good enough, but like just sneaking into the playoffs. They you know went, what I mean? They, like went, it, they played the Steelers against Tommy Maddox and lost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but like you knew, like I was just it was just waiting for something to yeah. go wrong. Like yeah, that's yeah. how I feel with okay. Okoro. But it's fun. Like it's fun while it's going on. I'm not saying everything's gonna fall apart, but everything's being held together with like duct tape. <laughs> and uh, in, in like kids, Elmer's glue. Um, with that said, I think we are possibly on the edge of him turning into a very, very good role player. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I don't know for sure with him. Like the, even um, so. Okay. Now that I think about this, <clears throat> there's nothing behind Mobley and uh, Jared Allen. Yeah. So, uh, for so like, yep. there's nothing to bang with. Um, with bigs. Um, so, I mean, if one of them goes down, we're in deep shit. Um, if they stay healthy, you know, they're going to both be able to eat up, you know, 35 minutes a night in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, love, uh, we don't know what's going on with him. Um, and for those other, you know, the, those other, you know, 26 minutes, somebody's going to have to get in there and hang with um, you know, uh, Embiid. Uh, who else we got in the in the East? I mean, the reality is bigs are a little bit different these days. It, it's uh, a different game, a little bit. It there, is. Uh, there's I mean, a um. Here, as you're talking, I'm like, okay, if we needed those spot minutes from like Dean Wade, we could get it. You know, like he's not a big that can bang down low. Yeah, no, he can't. He's not going to be a, a backup five. And and I mean, Robin Lopez, you're you're right. I, I, I was trying to talk myself out of being concerned about four or five, and I'm 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 still concerned about four or five. It's a concern, yep. but bigs these days generally come out of the paint. I mean, Giannis is Giannis is the concern, but Giannis isn't like a banger down low. I he's mean, not. he's a guy that starts up top and then gets down low, and he can be. <laughs> he's Giannis, man. I mean, like he's gonna put up a. 20 to 50 points on you in the playoffs. The two guys, the two teams ahead of us right now, Boston and Milwaukee, neither of them have a back to the basket five. Right. Right. The 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 Sixers who we see tonight, they do. And he's one, he's do. the most he's the, the most dominant one in the game. But That's right. Outside of him, there's not, you know, Adebayo usually has a pretty solid game. I don't like the way he That's right, bullied man. uh Jarrett cuz there was a point in time earlier in the season where I was like I think he's caught up with him. Uh, caught up with Bam now. And then that game right there, I was like, oh, like it, it was very clear that 
Jared didn't want to match his physicality and all of that. So um, you're right. Four or five, I'm concerned. Even when Love was contributing, he 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 just gave us that five. That He was like the Brooke Lopez five. He was like, I'll bring that guy out of the paint for you guys. And I'll, I'll keep right. putting him these shots so he has to come out. Exactly. Let me give you these numbers real quick for the month of February for our, our good guy, Coral here. Okay. Um, over the course of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, all wins in the month of, of February. We haven't lost a game mm-hmm. in February. I hope I didn't just jinx us. Mm-hmm. In 29 minutes, this guy is shooting 60% from the field, 43% from three, mm-hmm. 75% from the line. He's getting two and a half rebounds a game, two assists per game. He's getting one steal a game. Uh, he's only averaging 1.1 personal fouls a game. And he's getting 10 points a game. Like, like, literally, you know, and he started the month off on a tour. You know, he had a 12-point game, a 20-point game, a 12-point game. Since then, it's been five straight or four straight single-digit games. But the shooting percentages have not slipped. So, And for me, that we know the field goal percentage is going to drop. For me, it's all about how many points a game this dude can score. Three-point percentage, but really it's about wide-open three-point shots. Okay. Can he hit his wide-open three-point shots? Because he's going to get a lot of them. And six of those seven games, he's hit a three. So he went three for four, two for three, one for three, one for three, one for five against Chicago. That was an ugly game all the way around. It was. And then uh, one for three in this last game against San Antonio. So he's he's – Keeping him honest, even the games where he's not getting up a high volume of him, he's shooting 33%. Um, I'm not worried as much as of this moment. And then we added some insurance um, just now. So, yeah, you know, bring bring on the three right now. Uh, you know, the, there's something that I, I really appreciate that Mobley's been doing with his versatility defensively where you've seen him like back to guarding and shutting down threes yep. three through five pretty consistently. So yeah, well I'm, to answer Q tip and put a period on that uh, four, four, five is my concern. Absolutely. Right now. And there is absolutely four five. Yeah, there, There's hope that love is going to contribute. And then we do have six files with Robin Lopez and awesome interviews and stuff. So, that that counts. You need a guy that's going to do some good interviews during the playoffs. You do need good interviews. You need good interviews in the playoffs because it definitely puts an exclamation point on the end of a win. Um, and it's something to check out on, you know, Twitter at the end of the game, you know, like when you're kind of just like in the kitchen grabbing like a slice of pizza or something, you're not ready to go to bed yet. I know that's very specific, but. <laughs> I've always, let me say this last thing. There's, there's always been a concern of mine with the Guardians because they've always seemed to have somebody who made it harder on them in between playoff games. Like, true. They're like, why did you even say that? You know, like there's always that, like that they, they find a way to put guys in place. And it's usually a guy who's not a key contributor. <laughs> and you're like, oh, man, now J-Ram's going to pay for that. Like, you know, like right. it's, it's like yeah. why did, you just made the game harder for the guys who actually contribute. Yeah. Right. Like whether it was right. Bauer when he was being dumb back in the day or right. Right. You know, whoever. That's the first person I thought of. Bauer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somebody's, oh, yeah. somebody's always willing to talk mess in between yeah. games when it's a tough series. And they, they'll, they'll say something that gets the starting pitching ready. You know, like, oh, yeah. we, all, we always hit him. It's like, oh, my God, please don't say that. Or we, we're so used to that crowd that we, we just shut them out. 
So then the crowd is Yankees, like, right. <laughs> right. Like, oh, you're going against the Yankees and you're like, dude, you're, you're go- like, or do we really want to go? Like, you don't hit the Yankees. You don't, you don't like, do you're that. You're getting 220 against the Yankees. So uh, we'll see. We like, let's get our taste of that as, as this gets closer here. Um, I do love that these guys are all talking like it's us against the world, but um, ho- yeah, hopefully like we that. don't have a guy step up when the microphone gets in his face and, and just starts, you know, talking mess to these uh, sleepwalking in well, beads Brooke, or whatever. Right. Brooks got the Muppets not working out and yeah, uh, Robin Lopez. Yeah. No, I, I appreciated that in that, Brooklyn. It was very funny. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard for Kyrie to sell taking that out to um, Dallas, Dallas and like convincing his teammates there to care. That that's a big, yeah, <laughs> or that that's a slight, like, good luck with that. And I don't even think that's his style anyways. They're winless since he got to Dallas, by the way. I, there's, he's not. He's radioactive. He's not a guy that, is, he, and he wasn't in Cleveland. He's not a guy that by himself is going to win you games. It's no. just something about it. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the Rubio effect. Yep. He, he doesn't have it. You don't put him on the floor and, and add wins. It, it's just, in, it's interesting. It's very interesting how that works. So he doesn't make other guys better. By the time this is published, you'll be able to go back and look at what happened in Wednesday night's games. And so their biggest test, because both Luca and Kyrie will be on the floor tonight, they're playing Denver. Um in Denver. So Good combo of guys. Yeah. There's there's certain guys just like they don't contribute to that. We still haven't seen KD and he he won't suit up until after the All-Star break. So we haven't seen him right. at Phoenix yet. Um but across the league, you know, after the trade deadline, there's been enough moves to keep this next 20 to 25 games pretty interesting, watching some of these chips, you know, integrate themselves. Of course, everybody wants to talk about the Lakers. And one of the things that's been called out recently is how since LeBron broke that Kareem thing, he hasn't even attempted to play basketball. So right. that was know, it. It's, it's kind of funny watching that play out because we dealt with that here in Cleveland every single oh, year. Yeah. He would take mental breaks halfway through. He's one of the most selfish, he's maybe the most selfish, unselfish (laughs) athletes of all time. You knew as soon as he broke that thing, he was taking off like two weeks. I don't care. Actually, I'm so glad you mentioned this. I've never in the history of sports that I can recall seen anything like a man breaking a record with time left on the clock. And the game was shutting down. It was so weird. I was sitting there and, and I was celebrating. Like, I was like, was this premeditate? Like, like everybody knew too that it, the game was going to be stopped. There seriously? was time on the clock. It was the it was the weirdest. Like you're breaking the rules of the game. Our basketball has to watch itself. Because we are yeah. so close to being WWE, it's not funny. You just broke the rules of the like, game. Like, it literally was so scripted, it's not funny. You know? Like, I... You, what are you doing? Like, you had on. guys like Anthony Davis not even try to play basketball that night. Yeah, that it was, was weird. It was clear that they were just like, this. we're just going to let him get this. And it just doesn't feel authentic. I'm not into it. I, so I'm not into that. I'm not into the LeBron. Okay, okay. Go, you go ahead, and then I have a couple things I want to say. Because I like, I like what you have to say about him. I've definitely been sitting back like that. I need the Cavs to get to the playoffs and have yes. a very sincere playoff run in order for me yes. to stay in love with this shit. Because yeah, I, I exactly. liked, I liked watching it. Don't get me wrong; it was it was great for TV. It was you couldn't write out an episode of the Golden Girls and have it be a better tearjerker <laughs> like the kids sure. sideline and 
and he starts crying within the third quarter with 10 minutes left on the clock. His wife is on the floor. Like she sure. like, it was just like, what is happening? So every time we've seen this in the past, it's been like, all right, at halftime, we're going to honor Z or honor this person or honor that person. And we're going to push this guy out here in a wheelchair. Never have we been like, let's stop this damn game. And half the league what? has been flown in so that we can like, they rolled out a carpet in the middle of the game. And it was like, what just happened? What are you doing to us, man? <laughs> like what? It was like, I, I, there has to be cameras that caught Oklahoma city. What were they doing over there? Were they like, we're going to clap too. Or what did they do? No, they shouldn't have been expect. No, they weren't right. Like those guys weren't clapping with the, uh, the Oklahoma city. I was watching them for a little bit. And then I, I like stopped. Cause it was like, I was too, I was too out of my, element for it i was like i can't watch this i was like you know what i mean like i was like i can't i can't do this right now i think the thing i appreciated was the fact that they went right back to beating the lakers ass as soon as the game yes. started again 100 they was like 100%. like sga giddy giddy was beating the shit out of every laker player yes, and then as soon as the game started again they went like right it. they went right back to what they were doing they did they're like let me drop this in your i don't think they were clapping eye. though okay all right i don't think so because they weren't initially because i was watching for that because I was not, I was not expecting that to happen. I was not expecting them to shut down everything with time on the clock, which is like that's that's not, it's not the rules of basketball. Every time we've seen something like this, like with Kobe's retirement tour, or with you know, I, I'm I'm young enough to remember Kareem's retirement tour. I remember Magic. I remember Michael's retirement tour. Every time these guys would like stop a game for something, some uh, accolade or. So the crowd can say this is the last time we're going to see you. I remember Miami retired Jordan's number in in the game. Like at halftime of the game, they retired number 23. And sure. he never even played for Miami. I remember stuff like that. In real time, I was like, this okay, you know, it's halftime. All right, let's stretch. Let's get the ball rolling again. This, where there's actually a playoff race that the Lakers are supposed to be I participating in. <laughs> and they're losing the game to one of their playoff right? like their playoff competitors. It was right? like, what is happening? And the crowd seemed entirely more into this than they were the playoff, the game with playoff implications. Okay. And it's so got, fitting of a Laker crowd. I got so. a launching point. So I got a launching point. <laughs> I got a launching point. I'm not going to do the generational thing because i hate when people do the generational thing it's so lame it's so so lame but what i am going to do is i'm going to do the thing of as you said before i'm young enough to okay. i'm young enough to or old enough to remember a time where i remember watching games and being in big moments where like we didn't have our phones out for stuff and like you, you, there would not be a piece of technology in between you and the thing. Yep. And that was better. It was, it was, it was objectively better and it was objectively better because there was you in the moment and there was not you plus a video game or the internet and the moment or you plus the intention to record the moment plus the moment. It was just you and the moment. And it was a connection. Now, yeah. if you look at the, the the video, everybody of the moment, everybody, everybody was on the phone, except for Phil Knight from Nike. Videoing the moment, Phil Knight was watching. <laughs> Phil Knight was like, okay, 
Fuck this. This is I want to see. So, and I'm glad you you mentioned something that triggered this for me too. I and nobody I commented on this on the board, and literally nobody liked my post. So I don't know if people didn't (laughs) think about this or if people are so used to this, but I don't care. I just I'm I'm saying this. There was this video that was made by LeBron's family, presumably sponsored by Nike, and it was them talking to LeBron posted on social media. And I was thinking to myself, like, wait a second. (laughs) Like, wait a second. What are we doing here? So wait, they're talking to him. Video of LeBron's wife and kids congratulating him on achieving the record posted by like, like, like Nike presumably somebody so so here's what must have happened like like here's what we have to think about somebody from nike went around to all of lebron's family members and said congratulate your husband or congratulate your father on achieving the points record and they would have had to go in their head wait a second why don't i just talk to him whenever he gets home (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah but instead, we're in this situation where, like, Nike yeah. puts a video together of them congratulating their family member on this achievement that they had to stop the game for it mid, mid-game. And then they post that on social media right. in order to sell us more. Like, it's too much. It's, it's, just, it's too just much. Too it's too meta for me. It's too much. Yep, yep. Things have gone too far. There's too many other elements instead of just sitting there and watching the friggin' basketball and game. enjoying that. I'm at the, I'm at a place right now in my uh, right now everything I'm consuming. Um, I'm I'm almost done reading slash listening to Spare by Prince Prince Harry. Oh, um, okay, yeah. And then at the same time that I'm actually like literally I'm in part three where he's doing everything with Megan and stuff and. But, at the same time I'm doing that, I'm like halfway through the third season of The Crown on Netflix. So like, yeah, okay. I'm fully immersed into this. Yeah, right now. in the in the, in the yeah, in, that's in the whole royal Windsor. So what do you think? Because my wife, my wife is also into that. Well, like, what do you think? Well, I'm curious. They their entire existence is scripted. Like, they're, yes, like that's everything what she said. about it. So like, when you know uh, Prince Charles was taken. Prince Harry and Prince uh, uh, William to Eton for their school for the first time. Like they in the car, they're like, all right, when we get there, we're going to do this. You're going to smile. I'm going to hold your hand. You're going to like, I'm going to, you're going to have to wait for me so I can walk you up the stairs at the top of the stairs. Stop. We're going to turn around and smile at the cameras. Like there is no living in the moment. Like everything has, you have to be mindful and scripting everything. And so the it's it's funny as I'm watching the crown in the book, he's like pushing back against all of that. Like, that's great. Like me and my wife just want to live now. Like we're tired of this and we don't want our children to have to do it. And then we turn over and we see Nike doing the same thing with the James family. See, That's what I'm saying. Hey, so um, if your father happens to hit the shot, when he hits the shot, we want you to stand up. (laughs) That's what I mean. Wink twice. Like wave with your left hand. And it's like, oh my God, like this. That's what I'm saying. It was the weirdest, like watching the video. It just totally took me out of the whole thing. It was like, like, wait a second. Like, cause just imagine like, like anytime I achieve something, like my hope is like that my wife will like, if I even tell her, like, you know, that she'll like, just be like, Hey, you know, like good. Job. Yeah. 
or at least or at least not like slapping the back of the head like like my acknowledgement and acceptance is not being abused like i'm co-parenting and if she doesn't call me and cuss me out when i drop them off I did pretty okay, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, LeBron's family's being told. It's just, it's just, it's just too much. It's just, uh, so it's, it's, they've got earpieces in and they've all got nicknames like the, like the president, like the first wow. family. And they're like, uh, so LJ two hug dad and Bryce, please stand up and, you know, like pat him on back. Like, it's like, not, it's, <laughs> it's not that far off. You can see his kids. They looked like there was somebody holding a gun to their head, man. <laughs> they're clearly not used to it yet. They're clearly not not used to the game yet. They're looking for the camera, and they're like, clap, clap, wave, wave. They were. Oh, oh you, you should see it. You should see it. I just thought it was funny. Nobody nobody seemed to nobody seemed to be in in on the – maybe it got overwhelmed. I was like, you guys don't – like, you sure, You guys are usually on board with, weird. with my yeah. – my my the the weirdness that I see. So, anyways, there was that. But, but the other the other thing I was gonna say was there's a couple character arcs in the NBA that I've enjoyed. Right. I have not Le- enjoyed LeBron's character arc. Okay. It's been really boring ever since he left Cleveland. I don't care about it. I have loved Kevin Durant's character arc. I've mentioned it on here. Yeah, I have too. Because um, because I, I do consider this entertainment right. at this point. I love what Ke- Kevin Durant has done with himself. Yeah. He's not won. He's not won any championships since since he left Golden Golden State. But I I know that it totally destroyed. It just ripped all of our hearts out. Supposedly, as, you know, Clevelanders. But I just love that he's gone from this like, you know, like sensitive, like care about everything guy to just like goes to Brooklyn. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I'm just tearing. I'm just tearing, tearing. You know what I mean? I'm just ripping souls. And he's on. He's still on. Twitter sometimes, well, but like so he'll just the, bust somebody's balls. In the very beginning in Oklahoma, they were building like hospitals for him and stuff. Like they were right. They were, they right. They had nuns that the, were being named after yeah. him, like Sister KD. And then oh, yeah, he like kicked over everything in Oklahoma in order to go totally. be a Hollywood Hogan in oh, Golden it sucks. State. I mean, I wouldn't want to be like friends with him now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I wouldn't trust him. That I like that. I, mean, I like, like that you brought that up. There are some character arcs like. I can get behind the whole Ron Artest meta world peace character arc. Super. Like, absolutely. Like, in real time, you were horrified when that malice of the palace thing happened. And then when he came, Absol- when he came back, you felt like you were like, you were rooting for a, a crazy cousin. You were like, no, yes. no, no, don't do that. Like, don't, don't set right off. Whatever we That's do. Why I said I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to be in the same room as him. <laughs> Whatever we do, don't set him off. Oh, he's going to elbow James Harden. It's okay. You know, like there were there were certain character arcs where you're like, let him, this, let him just do let it. him play. Just let it's him okay. do it. Just he's like a bee. He's like a he's like a a, a nest of bees. Like, and then, he's like an entire yeah, nest yeah. of bees. Just walk the other way, man. Just walk the other way. And then the end, you were like, I think I would let him babysit my kids. When yeah, he like won championships meta. with the Lakers, you were like, not a world peace, bro. He's a teddy bear. Like we, <laughs> he was right. he was like in the post game uh, conference. He's like, I'm on my medicine, so you guys are good. I'm eating my Wheaties, and you're like, like you're rooting for him. Then there's yeah, other uh, guys that are like, you know, like Shaq. He he had a character arc that you never hated him. He just wanted to be liked, you know, like always wanted to be liked. He just wanted to be liked. Kobe had a Trump. weird character arc that I never really got down with. I never, re, yeah. R.I.P. I don't mean any. I I, I agree. No, I hundred percent. He's never really been my. I can never quite grab onto the kobe uh, me either. he's never quite been my guy i felt like i was like charles barkley charles uh, yeah, barkley yeah. i connected with him like as a young kid he did it for me i just liked his just weirdness 
And the I, I, fact that I liked he, his uh, rebellion, like his. Me too. You know. Yeah, there was no <laughs> desire from him to be like liked, and and yeah, I yeah, enjoyed yeah. that. I I don't know if I can get jiggy with Magic Johnson's arc. Um, I literally cried. I thought he's gonna die. Uh, so that, yeah, that one I didn't like. That was freaky. And I didn't quite understand what was happening when I was a kid. And then I remember my dad, like, kind of awkwardly explained it to me. And I was like, what the hell is what this happens to people? And I was like, I'm not I don't like this. He did what with who? That that was yeah, like, that was all we needed for abstinence for like another five years or so. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah, stuck I'm, in my head. I'm forever. good. Yeah, no. Yeah. So um, yeah. Uh, I'll say this last thing about the Kobe arc. And we're going to we're going to start wrapping this up at some point in time. Mm-hmm. His first Almost 10 years in the league, I feel like he just wanted to be Michael Jordan, and I just couldn't get jiggy. I was like, that, that was too much. It was, it, he was, he was dead on Jordan imitation. And it was like, like it's not himself. Yeah, yeah like, I agree. I agree. Who is this guy? He tried to like rap, and his, his music sucked. And <laughs> at least Shaq's music was, was tight. Like, like, what is this crap? <laughs> about that yeah Shaq was with you stickings man <laughs> right Shaq was you can't stand the rain and all that yeah, kind of stuff man. and Shaq's, yeah that's Shaq's right. music yeah, like, was back and you can like, listen Kobe to Shaq's music like a... today and you'd be like wait a minute I can bump this like this is... yeah no I like Shaq yeah. I like Shaq's whole bit like Kobe was like I think he did on his own thing he was probably pretty he was probably producing his own music yeah it was bad it was like it a... sucked dude <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that Kobe's music was like I don't even know. It was. It wasn't even like Drake. It was like the type of hip hop that you like. Turn it off. I, like if you heard your kids listen to it, you like turn that shit off. Like, <laughs> you make fun of them, right? <clears throat> like you make kind of make fun of them, oh, like man. sort of hoping that they like sort of get a little embarrassed. What is this? <laughs> um. So so his arc, I just never got. <laughs> We're literally crying talking about his character arc. And I feel really bad dead. now. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. I like Donovan's character arc. That, this is how we'll tie it Hell all back yeah. in. There's every oh, guy on the Cavs. I like their arc. Me I too. Even, I even like Kevin Love's arc. I know that there's some stuff. He's had a good one. You know, I know there's some stuff on the board that people are like, we shouldn't, like, reveal this guy. But I, I like, like, his arc has been solid to me. Oh, he's a good dude. Um, <clears throat> Kevin seems like a solid dude. Like, yeah. So we're we're there. Like we we got a group of guys whose arcs we can really like. Like there's golden golden arches arcs. I arcs. agree. <laughs> so uh, we got this game tonight in Philly, and then we got a wonderful All Star break. We got a, a whole week of of no basketball for a little while there, and then we gear up for the playoff run. Uh, gear up for a playoff race and and get down mm-hmm. to the nitty gritty with the last twenty games. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope that tonight these guys show out. Um, I want to see that. I just saw a, a Twitter mm-hmm. update that was saying that PG, PJ Tucker is going to be questionable. So, okay. um, you know, a part of their their bad PJ guy. Tucker, how old is this freaking yep. guy? PJ Tucker's like 36, 37. Like he's, he's, a, yep. um, I don't see any injury report for the Cavs as of right now. So I believe they'll have all systems go. We got a we got a rumble in Philly tonight, fellas. 37 and 19, 76ers, 38 and 22 Cavs. And then uh, uh get ready What's for the line All-Star in this break. game. I believe Philly is favorite, actually. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Um, I, I think they're up like one or two that they're favorite. 
And you know, yeah, every Cavs game, they they've got us in the low two hundred. So yeah, I haven't even looked at our lines yet. God. What do you got? Give it to yeah. us, Jig. Yeah. We haven't had a Jig oh, prediction man. in some time. Knowing what you know, knowing the All Star break is coming up. What what do you got? Give us give us the Jig prediction. Mm. I hate predicting losses, man. I don't like predicting losses. I'm not a believer. I'm gonna go Cavs. Cavs one ten. No, I always predict like something about that. Cavs one oh eight. Sixers one oh six. All right. We'll take that. I, I like got, that. I like that. One oh eight, one oh six. I'm I'm in that range too. Like a one oh seven, one oh three kind of thing. One oh seven, one oh three. Okay. A little scoring affair. Uh, Rubio mm-hmm. and some of the bench guys actually play play pay the difference here in this game. Danny I got Green, Mowgli having a big game tonight too. Yep. Danny Green makes his debut, I believe, tonight. Um, I I believe we haven't seen Windler yet, but um, uh, you would imagine since we're going to have a whole week off before these guys get back on the court that they're going to start sprinkling these guys in. So, yeah, Cavs are the second hottest team in the league right now. Let's do it, Philly. We coming for you. I'm into it. Rubber rim job, episode two, season two, episode eight. Signing off. Signing off. This is Joe Tate. Have a good night, everybody.